0: Welcome to the Theology on Mission podcast where we explore everyday life, God, and everything in between. Today we were sitting with Joshua Ryan Butler, author of the new book, Pursuing God. He's a pastor in Portland, Oregon, at Imago Dei. So we just uh, we were recording with him, and uh, now when we started off, Dave didn't have the music, so it really threw him off. So hopefully this uh, episode is not a disaster Uh, Thank you for your support of Theology on Mission. Please uh, subscribe and give us a review. We love the feedback. Enjoy the episode.
1: From Northern Seminary, in partnership with Missio Alliance, this is Theology on Mission, the podcast exploring God and integrating faith and life. Here are your hosts, Jeff Holsklaw and David Fitch.
0: Well, hold on, how we're going to get to... Okay, so I, I press record, so we're about to start. Uh, unfortunately, um, Dave and I are... You
1: record yeah,
0: already? Well, just a <laughs> second ago.
1: <laughs> David, nice to meet you, by yeah. the way. Nice <laughs>
0: to meet you, too, Josh.
1: Uh, really?
0: Now, I, this uh, is like the end I'm, of the school year for us. And there's a lot of things going on, so we're a little pressed for time, which is super unfortunate sure. because I love all the stuff you're doing, and I feel like there's a lot of residences. So we'll just say this will be like the first of maybe several conversations.
1: Awesome. That would be wonderful. Maybe, right,
0: would, Dave? Maybe right. We, could, we could do like, you know, because I'm actually from the West Coast. Right. I'm from we California, are, so I'm always nice. wanting to hang out with more people.
1: <laughs> uh, what, where'd you do your master's work, uh, Josh? Uh, Right here in town at Multnomah uh, Seminary. Oh, it's really? uh, Yeah, I studied under a guy named Dr. Uh, Paul Metzger. I don't know if I know who... I know, I know Paul's know. work, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. And so, uh, yeah, it was right here in town. And yeah, I was just telling Jeff, I forgot David, how much... Uh, yeah, I've really just appreciated, man, seeing what you guys are doing, the emphasis on the local church and mission. And, yeah, it's it's been inspiring to kind of see from afar... The work you guys are doing and have gotten connected it, it, have really been it's been great connecting with scott mcknight a few times and just hearing more about the the work that northern is up to and happening there on the ground so love getting the chance to hey, thanks for having me on oh <laughs> yeah well, well really, are you
2: gonna I, do the music no dude there's no i music. can't
0: hey i can't operate without the music all right
1: well, no. okay we're
2: gonna start anyways the
0: music this will probably be but, subpar because dave doesn't have the music but uh, so we're talking with Joshua Ryan Butler, the music Holesklaw. author of Pursuing Ouch, God. You just kicked me in the I knee. Just, That's the totally, first on the podcast. I totally, I totally kicked him. Hey, so Josh, thanks for being here. Thanks for jumping into the zaniness, which is uh, Dave Fitch and Jeff Holsklaw <laughs> podcast. Um, really, for me, this is just a way to get to know more people uh, in Portland, so that I can come for visit, me. This visit is just sometime. for <laughs> me. On. This is just what I do, Joshua. Uh, I just love to be with people.
2: I don't do it to, what did you just say?
0: Yeah. I'm always using and abusing people. Just I'll, I'll own it. <laughs> I'll own it. Trying to get the West coast invite. Hey Josh. So you start out now, Dave and I, now you can probably, we have a little more banter before you go into the hard no, no, question. No. So, so, uh, this is banter. So you probably didn't know this, but Dave and I are both Christian Missionary Alliance. Do you know Christian. I thought See, he man. was
2: going to say Dave and I are both, you, do, you probably don't know this, but Dave and I are both Christians. That's what I thought he was oh. going to say.
0: <laughs> we <laughs> both pray. <laughs> we still believe in the Trinity. And we love Jesus. So, But we're both Christian Missionaries. So I was touched that you started off your book pretty much with A.W. Tozer.
1: Ah, right? wonderful. Yeah. So you
0: have the what co- this is the famous quote. What comes to mind when we think of God is the most important thing about us? Can I just interject? Yes. Uh, now all 10 Christian Missionary Alliance people in
2: the United States are happy. Yeah, we could double so, our listenership just on double that. Double our one quote. listenership,
0: yeah. One quote. So you start off the book and you kind of talk about how this is uh, this is really what theology is about. Mm. So uh which I think we could all agree on. But for you, what is that quote uh, like what is the important thing and how does how does how does that kinda of set the trajectory for for this book, The Pursuing God?
1: Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, the the title itself could, you know, kind of be seen in some ways as a playoff of, you know, AW Tozer has this classic the The Pursuit of God and I think Tozer's great. Uh, but you know, even the the way, you know, the, I, I, it's just the way that we often think about God and the gospel is kind of that we got to go out and pursue God. So I found for many people, there's kind of this sense that like, dude, God's gone missing. He's out in the universe somewhere and we got to pick up the hunt and go kind of follow any trail of breadcrumbs we can to go find him. And so we'll talk about searching for God, exploring spirituality, finding faith. Uh, but I want to ask you, what if it's, what if we got it backwards and it's actually the other way around and God's the one coming after us? And I really think of the heart of the gospel, Jesus reveals a God in pursuit of his world, a God on mission to reconcile his world back to himself. And the question is not so much, are we good enough? Have we sought hard enough, tried hard enough to go find God? Uh, the question is, do we want to be found by this God who kind of mm. comes after us with this reckless pursuing love? And, uh, and so one of the questions I open the book with is when you hear the phrase, the pursuit of God, uh, what first comes to mind, your pursuit of God or God's pursuit of you? <laughs> Cause the phrase can kind of be taken either way. Yeah. And if well, the first thing that comes to your mind is your pursuit of God, the hope of this book is to flip that on its head and turn it upside down because that's kind of been the centerpiece of the gospel in my own life is uh yeah it has been you know i had a season early in my in my life where I, I tried pursuing god for a while i tried christianity for a while for about a year and did everything i thought i was supposed to do the bible study the leading worship the prayer stuff the evangelism the whole nine yards and Grew more and more empty. It seemed like the more stuff I did, and my uh, kind of Christ encounter of me was in this backyard. I'd been doing this landscaping job and was just, uh, you know, had dug up all these deep roots in the yard, and it felt metaphorical. I was digging up all these deep roots in my soul, and kind of came to the end and just told God, kind of, it, God, if this is who you are, I want nothing to do with you." And Christ kind of met me in that backyard, and what I felt like I heard Him say was. Um, Josh, you've had this whole thing backwards. Like you thought this was about you coming out to find me and the whole time I've been the one coming out to find you. And so this book kind of has grown out of that. That that's been a central theme in my own life and just trying to reframe you know, how some of us look at, at the gospel and reclaim kind of a, a more robust picture of the God who comes after us. I, I think
2: that thought is, uh, so worth dwelling on. Uh, I think, um, the current generation, uh, I don't know if we call them millennials or what, what the word is that everybody's using, but I think that the uh, uh, the predominant mode that Christian evangelical, if I can use that word, fundamentalism, teaches us, we got to do A, B, C, and D to be a Christian. And then we have all these uh, ways of doing church, which just kind of reinforce it's not supposed to be works righteousness but it reinforces hey you got to come to church you got to listen to a sermon you got to take some good notes you got to go do this do this memorize the bible uh, listen to good music and and i think uh, it's not until we have this moment like you had in the backyard for me it was out on north avenue beach when i was 31 uh that we have this uh Opening posture towards God and a and a, opening up a space to receive Him into our lives and to follow Him in that kind of a an approach. Have you hey have you have you had a moment like that in your life? I had North Avenue Pier. Uh, Josh had the roots experience in the backyard landscaping. Twin Lakes Beach in Santa
0: Cruz, mm. California. Twin Lakes Beach mm. in Santa Cruz. <laughs> That's right. Twin Lakes Beach, Santa Cruz, California. Well, you know, By the, way, and the I...
2: Christian Mission Alliance calls this the second yeah.
0: crisis experience. Yeah. Fits second in blessing. with our theology a little bit. Second uh, filling of the spirit, sanctification. Yeah, so I think you're totally right. It, kind of what you explained uh, fits kind of how I was raised. You know, you have your scripture, you have your quiet time, you have. Uh, prayer, and then maybe you have some ministry service, maybe you have all those different kind of religious activities. I think the mission, what goes by the missional church has their own set of practices, right? Mm-hmm. You need to be out yeah. there serving the poor, uh, yeah. uh, advocating for people, being activists, and things like that. But it can be just as much as that kind of I'm pursuing God's kingdom in the world activity, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, wait, God's at, like, is God's pursuing you? I kind of, mm-hmm. when I was reading the book, and I uh, I was thinking of this kind of changing the statement in First John, it is not that we have uh, pursued God, but that he has first pursued us. Is that kind of like mm-hmm. the, the gist yeah. that you're going for?
1: Yeah, definitely. And to your point as well, I mean, just this week, I've had two meetings with, uh, you know, i gotten together with two of our ministry leaders, two totally different circumstances who, uh, you, know, we got, uh, you know, they're working in areas like refugees and foster care and homelessness and, and anti-trafficking and all. Which could uh, be overwhelming. Which would be overwhelming, you know, so two of them who are just, uh, man, come to the end of the road, kind of burnt out and, and you know, and, and realizing, you know, I feel like God's peeling back the layers on my heart and I'm realizing I, I don't know that I know him, <laughs> you know, like, like not in a battle, like not like they, they I don't know, they, they, they've been off, but it feels like God's taking them to a, a deeper place that I'd say they've both been kind of very in that missional, we got to go out and change the world, serve the world, live for Jesus, you know, and, and just finding that uh, there's, They've come to an emptiness if that's all you got, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and I think that the gospel actually gives us a much deeper well yeah. to to draw from. Yeah, amen.
2: Yeah, so I don't know if we, if we, you know, if I can interject the in the interview, I don't know how much we actually introduced Josh and in his book, The Pursuing God. Uh, it's by uh, Joshua Ryan Butler. But Josh, tell us a little bit about your ministry, uh, you, what you do in your local church, what you do out there on the West Coast.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we're a church out here in Portland. Um, and my, my particular role, I, I focus on, in addition to some teaching and preaching, those kind of things, I, I focus on uh, our local ministries here in the city and then our international partnerships. Which is Portland, Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And Wait, so- is that
0: Oregon or Oregon? What did you say there, Dave? Um, mine was a Canadian
2: pronunciation. Oh, okay. well,
0: that's <laughs> I'll,
1: good, I'll, good for you. <laughs> I'll take Oregon. i I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll just own it. (laughs) Mine mine
2: was the France, the French, (laughs) Canadian. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Uh, Keep going, Josh. Sorry to interrupt.
1: Yeah, and so part of the way that we approach uh, Mission to the City and all is we we sort of have an unwritten motto that pastors can't start ministries. So I don't actually start any of our ministries. End of that. We believe that God has gifted the church body, you know, his people with vision, with talent, with imagination. And so uh, my role is more to try and surface and equip leadership, uh, lay leadership from within the church body on a variety of mission in the city. And so we've got about 16 uh, different ministries in areas like refugees, anti-trafficking, homelessness, foster care, and and a wide variety of of eclectic things, you know, Uh, but it's really sparking and coming out of the imagination of the people. And uh, and I get the privilege of kind of shepherding and walking with our, our folks in that. And then internationally, we focus in Vietnam and Cambodia. And so we partner with uh, local churches there that are on mission. And so, um, yeah, there, you know, a variety of things There's you know, clean water and uh, housing and HIV support, church planting, uh, a wide variety of things, but it's all coming out. Okay, of the- So right
2: now, in, in my mind, this sounds like a mega church. I, I want to take take a guess, Jeff, how many do you know
0: how many people? I have might no be idea, this? but this is like the most shallow thing you've ever done on our podcast. Well, you're on. asking. I, 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 you're look, asking him how many people attend his but, church. But here's the deal: people are
2: listening and they're saying, "I can never do that." This must be a mega church. And I'm just wondering if we could have that discussion.
1: Totally. But, no, yeah. That's great. Yeah, we're we're around 1,800 to 2,000, and so we're we're definitely okay. Yeah. You
2: are a mega church. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's. We, that just screwed oh my up goodness. my whole way my whole line there. <laughs> oh but goodness. let's move on quickly. Dave, Dave you're
1: <laughs> yeah. terrible. That's fine. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> terrible. I'm go there. I'm totally Let's go in
0: there. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna edit out that whole question. This is that's you be better strong. not. Hey, these are legit <laughs> questions we got to ask that's ourselves. A legit question. It's All right. So, Dave, what what are the other questions that the people want to ask Josh now? Well, <laughs> the voice of the people.
2: I'm <laughs> I'm particularly interested in uh, some of your moves that you make uh, theologically with the atonement. Um, yeah. Like I, I personally see a lot of Anabaptist theology going on here, and I don't know where you got that. Uh, I'd sure. like to know more about your journey there. But you know, like one of the characters you have is sacrifice—is how you clean yourself so God can stand to be with you. Whereas that's you, the caricature, yeah, that's the caricature. And then the gospel that you uh, pronounce there or proclaim as sacrifice is sacrifice—is how God cleans you so you can stand to be with God. I, I and and that's a that's. That's not a not so subtle uh, shift on on substitutionary or forensic views of the atonement uh tell us how you got there theologically
1: yeah definitely well I'd say on the theological level, one person who I've been heavily influenced by is a Jewish scholar named uh, Moshe Halbertal, and so his book on sacrifice uh there's you know I, I think today I found many people are heavily influenced by Rene Girard, and Girard kind of makes violence the center of sacrifice and kind of the scapegoating mechanism right. and things of that nature, and, and I, 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 I think that there's a lot of insight and wisdom in what Girard brings forward, but Halbertal I think gives kind of a broader framework that I find more healthy where he sees in sacrifice um, this uh, level of gift, kind of a cycle of gift giving. And so uh, one of the themes to try and explore is how I think at the center of sacrifice for many ancient cultures, you know, Israel was unique in in some important respects, but for much of the ancient world, there was a sense of life is gift. Like we have received life from outside of ourselves. We are dependent on life outside of ourselves. And so uh, the animal, so to speak, at the center of, you know, it wasn't like kind of, hey, let's kill an animal to appease God and throw it. Remains in the trash. You know, there was a sense of uh, it was often at the center of a community celebration and this recognition that our life as a community is dependent uh, and received from life given outside of ourselves. And so Seems like uh, the generosity of life is gift and the reception of bringing back kind of a first fruits or a portion of that in gratitude. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, Israel, there's some very unique ways. But in Israel's uh, system, when we look at some of the uh, early sacrifice stories, uh, uh, like Genesis 15 and God with Abraham, we see that God is the primary uh, initiator in the sacrifice. So in Genesis fifteen, in God's covenant with Abraham, um, God has Abraham kind of bring the meals in this sort of covenant ceremony, where you know God is entering into kind of the great king who is entering into uh, the, this treaty or this covenant or the, the, this, this oath with Abraham. Uh, but then Abraham kind of goes into a daze, or <laughs> in and God Himself uh, uh, slices the you know Abraham prays the animals, but God Himself walks through the divided animals, this picture of like this king uh, saying, I myself will be faithful to this covenant. We'll keep this covenant while Abraham's kind of dozing, you know, dozing off on the sidelines, or whatever, you know, so where normally the ancient practice would have been for the two to walk together through, you know, showing their, their commitment. So, uh, and so I think when Israel, you know, much of their sacrificial system was built on kind of these, um, what some Hebrew scholars would call foundation stories, uh, where uh, they're they're reenacting, I think, and entering into this kind of covenant renewal ceremony of God's covenant with them, and mm. so I think the whole mm. thing is kind of centered around God's initiation with them as his people. And similarly, I would say to the way that we, uh, you know, some parallels are the way that we celebrate the Eucharist or communion today that, um, yes, we prepare the bread and the wine and we pull, you know, the elements together and all, and yet we're not doing it to clean ourselves up so that God can stand to be with us. We're celebrating the God who has initiated and come. Uh, we're celebrating, you know, his His initiated presence with us in the bread and wine, not Doing something to try and pull him down to be with us. If that makes sense. Right,
2: and I've heard this theme come out here more recently in uh, in uh, all like Michael Gorman's book on, on uh, the death of the Messiah. I've heard that theme. Even Fleming Rutledge, who's more of a reform thinker, uh, she uh, has a little bit of that in her book on the crucifixion. Any any other books that might help uh, flesh out uh, this idea, this very very powerful idea that sacrifice is an offering of ourselves into the care and and purification of God, to be with Him in life, offering our life in faithfulness to Him, not so much an act of, uh, I don't know, retribution uh, for God to, to be okay with us?
1: Mm. Um, that's a good question, because I do, you know, and then, and then I do... Uh, oh, this movie goes off topic, you know, because I do, I, I do kind of hold to... Uh, retributive elements and and things um, in the atonement as well, but that's that's obviously a big conversation into how you know how I see those playing out. But um, on, on a very practical level, I've loved uh, uh, you know some of this for me on a personal. Level, I would say has come out of some conversations with. Uh, there's a guy here in town, Tim Mackey. Who uh, is uh, one of the guys behind the Bible Project? Have you seen? They have these oh, yeah, great, great, yeah, great videos uh, on just kind of exploring different books of the Bible and themes in the Bible. Mm. And uh, while Moshe Halbertal is kind of a a, a a particular influence on me in that regard, and and Gerard and all, a lot of it for me has come out of conversations with Mackie and they've and he's dove a lot deeper into this, you know, and and he's got they've got some great uh, videos even on themes like Leviticus and on. Um, on uh, sacrifice as a theme in scripture and all that I think really kind of help unpack. Yeah, so,
0: so can we get that and put that on the website?
1: Yeah, oh so yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are awesome. I love the videos awesome on uh,
0: the union of heaven and earth and things like that. Yeah. Back to the, the sacrifices, I know a lot, of, uh, a lot of the time, if like I was teaching through this uh, material in class uh, last quarter, um, and I was trying to kind of uh, help the students kind of think about how the sacrifices are all about life rather than about mm. death. You know, a lot of times we think that, well, God needs something to die so that he can be appeased and not be angry mm. anymore. And then the punishment can get, you know, is is over with. Um, mm. But I think that a lot of times, like, the blood is the symbol of life. You know, and so in one sense, God is being given life or we're being given life kind of in mm. substitute for our own sinful death that's kind of permeating the camp and humanity and things like that mm. so turning around you know can blood be a detergent you know it's kind of one way we we talk about it which is, kind of, <laughs> which is totally gross way to think about it so hey just for
2: our <laughs> listeners quick i yeah. was reading preface of the, uh to theology by yoder uh i forget somewhere yeah. on page 270 or so for those who want to read more on that and and that whole element of sacrifice do you, do you what what book are you reading through in your class on that one
0: Oh gosh, uh, a bunch of articles on Leviticus. <laughs>
1: oh great. <laughs> right. great, That
2: really helps our audience. Thanks for that, Professor Holtzclaw. Okay, back to the interview. <laughs> yes. Well, and
1: then on the you know on the whole distributive and retributive piece too, I do think. Uh, well, one person I've been influenced by there, and it relates to the, the sacrifice conversation, is a guy named Matthew Levering, who's a Catholic yeah. scholar He's out here home. in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, and. Uh, some of the way, you know, I remember seeing him give kind of this analogy of um, dude, would it be just you know, if God, would would it be just if God gave us cow bodies? <laughs> kind of theme, right, you know, like human heads and cow bodies and, and you know, you could kind of go, well he's God, he can do what he wants, but on the other hand no, like it wouldn't be uh, it, 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 it would violate kind of God's covenant relationship with creation as a whole if God were to kind of distribute or give to us something that was so inappropriate to who we are, and he kind of looks at the, uh, the theme of um, distributive or even retributive justice along along some of those lines of going. It's not so much that God has this bar over his head he's got to meet of like, ah, I got to meet this bar of justice or sacrifice or wrath or whatever, you know, in, in order to be able to forgive, so much as uh, the freedom of God to act within his own character and kind of faithfulness to the the created order that he's established. Yeah. And the reality that sin does unleash exile and death into God's world. It does unleash um, a distance from the creator of life, and yeah. and so uh, I I see one of the themes I explore in the in the book is how I, I do think the nature of the sacrificial system does have this element of kind of absorbing the very real. Uh, Exile and death—that's been unleashed in God's good world—and mm. and I think—and that's where I kind of go. Yeah, I think there's retributive and distributive elements in that, but yeah. um, I don't think that it's uh, a, a kind of crude version where God is. Oh no, I want to forgive you, but I can't until I mean You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. actually. God's. Yeah,
2: and by the way, Fleming Rutledge, uh, her book on crucifixion goes really well into some of those
0: retributive ideas that you were playing on there. Well, we don't have to go into the deep, the deep theology this of God. Probably
2: been one of the deepest of God's Wrath podcasts we've had so far. But, well, uh, thank you, and Josh, for really taking us down into the nitty gritty. No, no,
0: absolutely. Well, I have, so I have another question. You know, since we've you know handled the wrath of God and the bloody atonement, let's talk about the uniqueness of Jesus. So, one of the caricatures you talk about, and this is kind of how we met. I think uh, we we had a podcast a while ago about the other bridge illustrations. So instead of the cross being so that we could get to. God, rather the bridge is God coming to us and offering mm. his kingdom to a broken world. And we, that's how you and I got uh, kind of connected. And so you have this statement where the caricature is, Jesus is the one and only way we go to God. But rather you want to say, well, Jesus is the unique and decisive way that God comes to us. Mm. So what is the importance for you of kind of turning that around and emphasizing still the uniqueness of Jesus, but in a, in a pretty different way?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, I I, when I came to faith, there was also I was getting the the bridge analogy where God's kind of on the other end. And, you know, we want to get to God and we're trying to jump over the chasm of the Grand Canyon, Mm -hmm. but God's too far away. And luckily, Jesus provides this bridge of the cross. So now we can go get to God. And the whole thing is centered around dude. God's run away and we got to go get to him and Jesus just provides the mechanism for us to go get to him you know and, and I think that's just backwards to the whole thrust of the gospel so uh, one of the things I look at there is in the actual passage where Jesus says i the way the truth and the life there's a lot of other stuff going on there where then uh, you know he, he's asked by his disciples well I just well, just show us the way to the Father and then we'll get to go be with him and his response isn't okay I'll go show you the path or I'll show you this bridge I made he says uh, don't you recognize me after I've been with you for so long like I, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That that kind of Mm -hmm. language is showing up there where, uh, you know, it's Jesus is the way that the Father has come to us to find us. And and in context, how Christ is going to the cross and the cross is the place uh, where God is planting the seed of his kingdom in his corrupt and war-torn world in order to reestablish his kingdom in the the world, you know. And so looking at just, uh, I think it's significant. uh, A, I'd say, I think it's biblically, exegetically, you know, proper to see in context. Jesus isn't saying, here's how you go out and find God. Jesus is saying, I am how God has come to find you. You know, but then practically, I think that, again, that just shifts um, our 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 framework for who God is and what the Christian life is all about. That it's, it's not about us uh, trying hard enough and making ourselves good enough to get to God. It's about vulnerably laying our lives before and receiving the pursuit of the God who's come to us in Christ. And and the cross becomes the climax of that pursuit rather than in a mechanism that we use to go get to God.
0: Hmm. So now you don't get into this uh, in the book as much, but then what, excuse me, what are different ways then or postures as Dave and I often talk uh, means of putting ourselves in the way of God's pursuit like how do we, you know, God is pursuing us. And so how do we, or how as you say, how do we be found? What are the different yeah. <laughs> practices for being found? For Definitely. You?
1: Yeah. Well, if, you know, if I go back to my own story again, there was, uh, you know, I would say many of the quote unquote religious activities I was involved in, um, I, I, I came to look at in retrospect is actually like obstacles I was putting up to the pursuit of God, <laughs> you know, like, sure. like that, uh, all of my, you know, my, my Bible study, my, uh, my worship, my prayer, like all these activities I was involved in, but on a heart level, I was kind of using them to try and go find God to work hard enough to do enough so that he would pay attention and come be with me kind of thing, you know, and realizing in that place, it's almost like I kind of like the older brother in the backyard of the prodigal son story. You know, I was, you mm-hmm. all that so. Um, So I think uh, in terms of posture and practices, you know, I think that posture is one of, uh, you know, for me, I think vulnerably laying our lives before God, like actually not hiding the uh, questions we have of God, not hiding the struggles we feel, not hiding the areas that we've messed up, you know, like actually bringing those um, to God rather than feeling like we need to keep them hidden and so that god won't be you know displeased and uh and the you know there's uh for a long story i won't go that much, but <laughs> <laughs> but there's a uh, and and for me the the practices though became uh after that the, it really stripped things back down to the simplicity of word and sacrament you know that i would come regularly and sit under the proclamation of the word week in and week out and i would receive uh the sacraments and i found the grace of Christ working in me and forming the life of Christ in me. You know, I think the reality of, uh, as we come, I think we can take for granted kind of the local church and what's happening in the local church, but the reality of coming weekly to word and sacrament and the fellowship of faith, uh, I think that itself speaks to a posture of receiving, because we're not creating the word. We're not creating the grace of the Sire. Like like we're coming to receive yeah. the life of Christ in and through his people. And uh, over the years I found as that grace of christ was re- taking its roots deeper in me in the presence of his people it began to lead again to activities where i i, I wanted to dive deeper into the bible i wanted to share people you know tell people about jesus i wanted to worship and all but it was coming from a different posture of yeah, it, it's the life of God flowing through me rather than trying to get the life of God to come down to me.
2: That's a great, in, that's a great insight, Josh. Yeah. I, uh, you know, when you think about the, the word Eucharist and uh, the offering of blessing and thanksgiving to God, it's, it's opening up hands to receive. Mm. That's the basis upon which we come to God, the table, yeah. and the Word. The
0: Eucharist is thanksgiving. It's a celebration. Mm. Did, f- didn't I just say that? no you said receive i don't
2: know. Oh. but to we jump get in, into these arguments yeah. all the time. <laughs> to
0: jump in the back to the atonement and everything like i was just struck by all the fest like all the things that we think of as sacrifices and all that was those were all festivals it was all mm-hmm. celebrations it was a response to god's pursuit of israel that then you know welled up into thanksgiving um and I think we often forget that, and we make grace and the gospel into this real dour yeah. kind of like message that then we should kind of be humbly grateful for yeah. and things like mm-hmm. that. So we're cool. talking with uh, Joshua Ryan Butler and his new book on pursuing God called uh, "The Pursuing the God. Pursuing God." Yes, From
2: Thomas Nelson recently came out. How many months ago?
1: Uh, it's like two month, weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, May wow. fourth, I think it was. Yeah, May ninth. Like that. Yeah. So, uh, really quick I about it two months ago, but
0: before we, uh, before we let you go, then you, so you've written this book, but what are other since this is a podcast on theology and mission? What are the other kind of theological issues or things you're grappling with or exploring that you're really excited about?
1: Yeah, you know, one I want to do, uh, there's one that I, I've kind of been working away at a little bit is on church history. And I thought of something mm-hmm. like Christendom and its caricatures, or I don't know, but like uh, Constantine, the Crusades, Inquisition, Wars of Religion, kind of going, man, if these are such significant parts of the church's story, then has the church actually been good for the world? And if not, then did God really know what he was doing setting this whole Ooh, thing in motion? Providence, but, baby. <laughs> PhD <laughs> but my work purpose, right there. Yeah. but my premise would be I think we have an, often have a caricature of what was happening historically. You know, not to say there weren't problems or anything's wrong, yeah. but uh, for me there have been paradigm shifts on you know understanding what was going on in each of those era, era, eras of church history. Where again, not to say there's not issues there, but I've come to see the goodness of God in and through His people, like throughout church history there. And I think uh, mm. trying to cultivate a broader appreciation for. Uh, the goodness of the church in the midst of the messiness of the church, you know, yeah. and, and beauty of what God That's has a done. Great, great thing. I'm
0: confused though. Cause I thought like Paul got saved on the road to Damascus and then I was saved on that beach I was telling you about. So like, there's <laughs> stuff that happened in between there.
1: Everything in between there. What?
0: Actually, it would really help me if you could make that a choose-your-own-adventure book. That would. I'm sure a lot of our listeners would appreciate that too. That's just a tip, you know, just a tip.
1: Uh, yeah, there's stuff that happened in between. Unfortunately, it was all bad. Now that, that's yeah. kind of the perception. They're today, all
0: heretical, you know? and they didn't know how to read the Bible.
2: Yeah. Oh, my hey, uh, as we wrap this uh, podcast up, I, my, uh, our, our co-laborer here at Northern Seminary, Scott McKnight, he blurbs this book of Josh's, The Pursuing God, and he says, "...I commend this book front, left, and center, because it thinks deeply and cares immensely for the moral vision of the Christian faith." And then he says, "...Joshua Ryan Butler is in tune with both this generation and with deep Christian thinking, and offers those who question the faith not answers to your questions, but deeper questions about those questions." That guy can write a blurb, and that's high praise for your book, uh, Joshua. We wish you all the best on this book, and uh, much flourishing at Missio Day. We hope it grows to ten thousand people, Imago, multiple communities in Portland,
0: Oregon. His church is a Mago Day. It's not Missio ah. Day. <laughs> oh, sorry Uh, we're a disaster you're helping sort us out thanks (laughs) Josh thanks so much for your time we really appreciate it and I really would love for us to uh, maybe uh, hang out again sometime
1: please come on out to Portland and we'll do it and thank you guys for the work that you're doing at Northern and on the podcast and beyond I've I've been sick just those emphases on like the local church and mission are just really invigorating for me grateful for the work you guys are doing
0: well, sorry this is uh, so short, but we'll uh, we'll set up another podcast appointment. And we'll do so it here we are, Theology Jeff, on Mission, signing up. over and out. I'm Dave Fitch. Jeff Polsklau with... Joshua Ryan Butler. All right. Take it easy. Thank See you. See you next time.